There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. in your life on this Friday, September 10th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Ringer MMA show, a special Friday afternoon edition as we're all getting set for the highly anticipated Triller Fight Club Legends 2 card Saturday night in South Florida, not in Southern California, in South Florida. And let's be honest, this is a uh, this is a boxing event, but if we're being honest, it really does feel like an MMA card with a lot of familiar faces at the top of the bill. The headliner is Evander Holyfield versus Vitor Belfort. The co-main event is Anderson Silva versus Tito Ortiz. So three MMA slash UFC legends uh, fighting in the top two fights. Evander Holyfield, 58 years young, returning to action. There's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to digest. There's a lot to dissect. David Hayes on the card as well. It's another wacky card from our good friends over at Triller, and we'll be previewing it today live here on Spotify Greenroom. If you miss anything, the podcast will be up on our brand new Ringer MMA show feed on Spotify, and then immediately after the main event tomorrow night, uh, we are going to have another live show and then have the podcast up afterwards. I'm Ariel Hawani, joined as always by 3Pac and TST, Chuck Mendenhall, Pizzi Carroll, Troy Farkas. Chuck, how are you? Sup, sup, sup. What's going on? What inauspicious circumstances bring us together today, Ariel? Uh, you think thriller. about this. And you thriller, know what? You didn't even know David Hay was on this card until yesterday. So th- th- this is just the context of what we... Uh, how this card is being viewed, even by the, one of the best in the media. This did you know? Fun. I, I had no not. idea. I did okay. not. <laughs> being honest, I don't think many people knew. Uh, Pizzi, how are you? I'm very good. How are you, boys? Always a pleasure to be talking to you ahead of this thrilling thriller card, might I say. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So like I said, there's a lot to uh, digest here because Triller is a very polarizing promotion. Uh, they've had... One card. They started off in uh, November of last year with that card headlined by Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson. Jake Paul and Nate Robinson was on the card, got some buzz, apparently did very well on pay-per-view. Then they followed it up with another card in April, also with Jake Paul, this time against uh, Ben Askren. And then they went their separate ways. Of course, Jake Paul signing with Showtime, but they are still in the fighting business. They made that big splash when they won the purse bid 
to secure the rights of Teofimo Lopez's next fight. That was supposed to happen in June. It still hasn't happened. Some wonder if it will ever happen. And now here they are trying to put on this dandy of an event. And it was supposed to be Evander Holyfield versus Oscar De La Hoya. Excuse me. It was supposed to be Vitor Belfort versus Oscar De La Hoya in Southern California. De La Hoya got COVID. It now became Holyfield Belfort. And what was weird about it was Holyfield was planning on suing Triller for not coming through with a deal that he claimed that they had. And then all of a sudden he steps in as the late <laughs> replacement. It's just a whole crazy situation. And then you have Anderson Silva fighting against Tito Ortiz. Chuck, let me start with you. How do you feel? Because, you know, look, we're not going to like break this down from a technical standpoint or anything like that. But Evander Holyfield is 58 years old. It's very clear <laughs> that he's in good shape for a 58-year-old. But I think most would agree he should not be fighting. And then you have Vitor Belfort, who's 44, 14 years younger. And we all know his history with performance-enhancing drugs. And he looked like he was 32 on the scale earlier today. By the way, uh, they both successfully made weight. Evander Holyfield, 225.4. Vitor Belfort, 206.2. But I, there's a part of me that's legitimately afraid that Vitor Belfort is going to hurt this man um, as he has in the past with people who are around oh. the same age. How do you feel about this whole oh, scene man. playing out in I front mean, of us? I mean, where, where to start, you know? Where to start? I would say that when they proposed that Evander Holyfield step in in the situation, and we were we were talking about this a little bit on our last, uh, for, for the Till fight, we, we'd mentioned this stuff. I was just kind of, well, how old is Evander Holyfield? Like, you know, you're going through the ideas of being very young watching Evander Holyfield fight um, in vital fights back in the day. And actually, when you really look at where he was at the end, and I know that PC tweeted out a uh, an article um, in 2004, I think, right? Like after his fight in Madison Square Garden, where he uh, had only won like two out of his last nine fights, there was genuinely con genuine concern that he'd been through too many wars with all these heavyweights with the Riddick Bow series and everything else, uh, Lennox Lewis and uh, Mike Tyson, everything he'd been through. That this guy was done. Now, this is 17 years ago, and we're worried about him having damage, right? And if you've seen him over the last bit of time, and he's not been exactly in the spotlight, but if you've heard him or seen him, yeah, there's genuine concern because this is a guy who is, even on that press conference, was a little bit hard to watch. I mean, the guy's barely able to communicate. He's trying to remember where he's fighting, things like that. It's just not, it, this is not where you want everything to lead when you're watching guys in their in the prime of their career and um the genuine fear factor in something like this especially when you have a guy with a complicated legacy like vitor belfort who has i i, I don't know how you guys feel about him but to me it all goes to that two thirds 2013 uh trt brazil feeding these guys down there like they, it was almost like observation deck stuff where they're just throwing in a victim to Vitor Belva and he's just take, you know taking tolls on these guys taking years off their lives takes Michael Bisping's eye this guy is literally mm. a completely different type of monster when he's when he's juiced up like that and you know throwing him in there against this guy who I think a lot of people care about, you know, and as, as he's getting older and he's, a, he's an icon in boxing and all that stuff, it's just not a good look. It's like, what the hell are they – like this – I don't know how you have a feel-good or even a genuine, like, light curiosity as to how this might play out. There's no light feeling to this. This is – we're dealing in some fairly heavy feelings, and a lot of it is very sad to me. PT, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think 
Chuck hit the nail on the head here. And I think as an MMA fan, a guy who, you know, follows MMA, I think we're all actually very excited after Anderson Silva went over into the boxing ring again. He fought Chavez and he did so well. That was such a positive story. But to have this fight on top of that, it, it kind of takes away from that. I mean, you, you just can't stop thinking about this 58-year-old man. Um, Chuck mentioned how he performed in the press conference. Um, at one point, Donald Trump was speaking and Evander mm. tried to go back and forth with him. And he was trying to remember the fight he was talking about. This was a fight with George Foreman, his first title defense as a heavyweight champion. It was massively controversial back then. It took place in Trump Palace or Trump Plaza or whatever it was. And the boxing media eviscerated this fight. They called it an embarrassment because Evander Holyfield was 28 years of age and George Foreman was 42. That's a 14-year gap. And now what do we have? 44-year-old Vitor Belfort against 58-year-old Evander Holyfield. And I think it adds a bit of... It adds a bit more kind of skepticism from me when you're talking about the 14-year-old gap being with a 58-year-old man. When you think, you know, all those years ago, they were talking about the 42-year-old man being the dangerous part of this. This is this feels like it's a big risk from the promoter as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and a promotion, let's be honest, who uh, like to take big risks. Um, they spend a lot of money on the show. They get, you know, musical acts and things like that. It all kind of feels a lot like Affliction, very reminiscent mm. of Affliction, who only lasted two shows. And then, oh, by the way, here's our old pal Donald Trump showing up, just like he did for Affliction oh in a whole different capacity. If you didn't think that this event was any weirder, they announced earlier this week that Donald freaking Trump, yes, the former president of the United States, it's nice to actually be able to say his name without it being edited out. I'm just saying these are the facts. Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, is going to be a part of an alternate commentary team. So something really interesting was said during the Wayans, which happened earlier today. Ray Flores, who's a great guy, was emceeing. And he said mm-hmm. that he's going to be doing it. And some other people, I forget their names, you know, boxing guys. And then he said there's going to be an alternate commentary stream, if you will, where it's going to be Donald and Donald Jr., his son. And so my guess is, this is my guess, the big man isn't actually going to be in attendance at the Hard Rock Seminole. They're going to do something where him and his son will be watching it and they'll talk and they won't be mixed with the actual broadcast, which actually is a lot smarter than what I thought was going to happen, which was them being incorporated in the broadcast. But this could be four or so hours. The pay-per-view starts at four uh, oh. Pacific, seven Eastern. This could be like four like or so hours of just open mic night with the Trumps oh. while watching these fights. Like if you didn't think this was crazy enough, it just got a hell of a lot crazier. PT? Can I ask you guys, like, this is, you know, you're an American, Chuck. You live in America, Ariel. Like, for me, when I'm reading this, the thing that's jumping out at me is we're talking about a former president on the 20th anniversary of something as catastrophic as 9-11 being a commentator on a thriller card. It, like, is that not absolutely mind-blowing for people? Like, I mean, how are the, how are the, how are the biggest publications in the world not talking oh, about man. this? This feels insane to me. I think uh, the the most you know the most popular publications in America, at least, that have global appeal, don't want to talk about this cat anymore. To be honest with you, man, but I I honestly don't know if um, uh, they would expect any different. I it, it's almost it almost seems apropos, right, for the whole thing that uh, has kind of gone on uh, over the course of the last few years, that there would be a tone deaf element to this, and uh, on multiple levels, and uh, it's just. It's mind-boggling to me that, that that they've added this. My my thing is this. So what is the demographic 
what is, it's like a, it's obviously like this this thing is so uh loosey goosey and money being thrown around and the players are so polarizing in so many different ways the matchups are uh questionable to say the very least i'm just wondering like what is the actual demographic usually you can you can kind of pinpoint what a um you know in showtime sports you can look at what they're doing and say okay i understand we got this new generation of um boxing fans on the last let's let's uh let's cater to this let's open it up but what the hell is triller even trying to do if you watched that last uh pay-per-view i don't know if all did you all of you guys watch that okay so yeah you got a drunk Oscar De La Hoya. You've got Snoop Dogg talking about his bets, which is like, like you know what I mean? Like any kind of like, it's just, it's like every piece of red tape you want around it. You've got like 19 um, musical acts kind of intervening all over the place, unedited in terms of, uh, you know, they're just, they're slanging up there whatever they want. And uh, I mean, the whole thing was just such a circus. I, I wanted to write about it and didn't even know how. I was like, how do you even write about this? Because... It's like a bad movie where you're like you're not sure what the director even intended. You're like, what was what what were they trying to communicate with this movie? You know, before you eviscerate it. Uh, this is just one of those situations. But on this one particular man, just throwing on you're you're mentioning the Trump thing on you know on 9/11. I just don't even know what who's this geared towards. Can you guys? Legend, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but just a legendary uh, boxing slash sports columnist Jerry Eisenberg, who I think is 91, wrote. A column about this very topic, Pete uh, and he wrote uh, the book that Chuck is uh, holding yes. up there. I mean, just Reading an absolute right legend. Now. If you know anything about combat journalism, you know Jerry Eisenberg. He wrote a sto- uh, a column about this very topic, Pete about Trump oh, okay. being at this event on the 20th anniversary of 9/11. There was also a slap fight. I do want to mention, uh, full disclosure, I was actually actually supposed to be the uh, post fight interviewer for that Askren Paul fight, and uh, was denied. What? Yeah. Ah. Uh, ESPN didn't that give me have uh, been. clearance to do it. In hindsight, maybe uh, a blessing in disguise. Thank well, you. Well, yes, but, <laughs> but I could guarantee you, you and Justin Timberlake, or whoever was, who was there, Justin Bieber, uh, right? Bieber, Bieber was there. Bieber. The Biebs, you and the Biebs would be like on, you're probably on uh, texting level anyway, but I was uh, bummed about that. You've been tight I was bummed about that. at this point. Uh, PT, saying, what did you want to say? I, I was saying, Dara, you were talking about the demographic joke. Um, about the first event, I can remember texting Ariel afterwards and going like, if I was watching this when I was 15 oh my and my mother walked into the room while I was watching it, I would, I would turn it off. It was almost like soft I porn. I just remember ass everywhere <laughs> for about oh, 30 minutes of the musical acts show. and stuff, Dude. yeah. But the and thing with like, the musical acts is like, who's buying that? Like, no one's buying a pay-per-view to see Justin Bieber. No, no. one's buying a pay-per-view to see Ice Cube and stuff. Well, now, are dude. people crazy enough to buy a pay-per-view knowing that they're going to get four hours of Trump speaking? And like, you'll get, like, yeah. are you, re- is he, basically what it, what it all boils down to, in my opinion, is if these guys are truly interested in having a successful fight promotion, why waste your money on all this ancillary nonsense that does not move the needle? Save that money for actual talent, for actual stars, for fighters, boxers, MMA. Save it for that. All this other BS gets you nothing, and all it does is expedite your death. We've seen this already in the past <laughs> with, with Affliction. Why it do it all? Cheap, right? It can't, can't be cheap no, getting just Bieber and these guys. Like Donald can, Trump? You think Donald yeah. Trump is doing this for less than, I don't know, $5 million? <laughs> He's a big I, boxing I, fan, Ariel. I mean, that's why he's doing it. Oh, the love on. of boxing. He is in, in, engulfed in the tradition, Ariel. That's why he's doing it. Did you not hear his son speak about yeah. this? I mean, this is a big now, part of his life. You know what's a weird thing about it? And I wanted to get your take on it. I had almost convinced myself that the De La Hoya Belfort fight was somewhat competitive. Like, is De La Hoya coming back? They're around the same age. Hmm. This one, yeah. 
this new main event completely turns me off. Like, were you guys at all into the De La Hoya Belfort no. fight? No, I was not. No, no. Okay, all right. Maybe I'm. Well, <laughs> De La Hoya, uh, he he's had a rough kind of time outside of the cage, right? Or outside of the ring. Like his his kind of post fight life has been a little strange. He's tried different ventures, but. Um, I mean, honestly, like when he shows up to Triller and he's like, you know, it's like you're sitting on a couch listening to or, or sitting at a bar and there's a guy yapping your while you're trying to watch the fight. O- only he was actually assigned to it and it's, he's part of the whole thing. But it's like somebody just wouldn't shut up during the thing in this drunken, you know, uh, commentary. It was uh, it's crazy. So I, I don't know where Oscar De La Hoya is. I, I guess I wasn't overly. Uh, into that idea either way it doesn't improve or decrease with this Evander Holyfield step in um, but it's just one of those things because I think in fighting especially when we cover it and you're you're watching guys who are in the vital parts of their careers or they have storylines they're trying to bounce back there's always something a guy is doing this one is just so transparently about money and um, you know it just crosses every it's like an eth- ethical thing right ethical quandary is that what mm-hmm. you're going to put out there the vibe you want to cast out there and right now that's literally all i'm seeing is uh that vibe about you know it's not like you're seeing some people kind of excited about it. i guess there are a few you know like but it's, it's not too many um so to to want to even see vitor belfort land a, ma- a big time punch. How's that going to feel to watch Evander Holyfield crumple to the ground? Like, what would uh, that feel like? I'll feel. Just, I'll uh, feel horrible. Yeah. about myself. I'll See, feel and guilty. I think that that's you're setting yourself up for either disappointment, uh, you know, or feeling very, very sad about uh, like a, almost a travesty that took place. I'm not sure what the best case scenario is in this. Yeah, I, I was saying that to Ariel as well. I was like, are we literally going to be watching a main event hoping it goes the full distance and nothing happens? Right. Because that's what it feels like we're going to be doing. And it feels just so yeah. redundant. You're rooting, you're rooting for neither guy to get hit? I don't know. Maybe some people want to see uh, uh, Evander knock Vitor out. I could I could understand that to an extent. The younger guy who uh, you know was on the TRT for so long. I could see that maybe. Maybe that would be the, the best case scenario, right? Or something like that that's negative as well because then it's going to set him off in motion to, to compete more he'll go straight after the Tyson fight and oh, things like God. that like, so I mean it feels like there's no real like win this is what we wanted to see this yeah. is what we hope for the fans okay. so let me let me throw this one at you guys and it's not something I like to talk about because I feel like we throw it around too loosey-goosey and um, in a very careless way but I do feel like anything's a possibility here and the gloves are sort of off part of the pun is there any doubt in your mind that this main event chuck is a worked fight that they have agreed to go out there and just kind of go through the motions i mean is that really uh, is, that, is that a crazy thing because like no, come no, on no, no. No, I, can, I, I feel like there's a greater possibility of that happening well, oh man oh, then you've then been... vitor trying to knock his head off i can't imagine another thing to like Avengers taking this fight on short notice. He's taking this fight on two weeks' notice. In addition to being 58, it's not like he went through a whole training camp. I feel like that is a possibility that they have agreed behind the scenes to not blast each mm. other because the guy can die. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. He could die. Is there any, do you think that this is a possibility? Well, no, that's not. No, no, no. That's, I feel like that's a definite possibility. And maybe we're giving... See, here's the thing. Triller has presented themselves in such a circus way. I'm not sure it would occur to them. That's what's that's what's crazy. I'm not sure that 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 sort of um, uh, you know moral you know Foresight. yeah would basically enter the equation. I'm not sure. That's what that that's where we're at with this type of thing. So, um, but I would 
I would not be surprised, no. And you mentioned the Jerry Eisenberg, and I'm reading I'm reading his book about uh, when they were great, so about the heavyweight reigns from 25 years. It's funny because you, you, when you read a guy like that, you realize how many fights were had agreements going in back in the day and stuff like that. So when you mention that right now, very fresh on my mind, with Eisenberg in my mind, I'm uh, I'm thinking of how easy it is for those types of arrangements to actually take place, um, especially in boxing. So I'm like. You know, I, I guess I would. I guess it's wait and see, but I would. I would think that it might actually be sort of obvious if there's something like that in place. But it's like for for like that's the one thing I can't really come to terms with here. What Ariel mentioned, I know Vitor in 2013 was an absolute animal. Like he was going in wheel kicking everybody. He'd wheel kick your <laughs> granny if you threw him in there, right? Like oh, that's man. just the way he was. But. And that's his legacy. Really I, I, that's still his legacy yeah, to me. It's yeah. like crazy. Oh, I, I agree. But I just, hurting I just can't. Guys. I just can't believe that he's in that mindset after seeing Evander at the at the press conference. And, you know, with all this talk, I mean, let's be honest, it's pretty depth. This is the biggest talking point of this event is the moral dilemma we're all having with it. So yeah. do you honestly believe that Vitor will go in there like he did against Bisping? You know, obviously only punching this time, but viciously uh, decimate Evander Holyfield, who, who's, you know, just nearly touching 60. I don't. Ugh. It would be like watching an assault. You know? It'd be like (laughs) watching an assault. Yeah, and it's eight Uh, rounds, two-minute rounds each. That's for the main and co-main. Actually, also the David Hay fight. So, I mean, that's 16 minutes of fighting. Evander Holyfield, 58. Like, did you guys see Vitor on the scale? The guy looks to be in phenomenal shape. Dare I say, he looks better than he did towards the end of his UFC run. (laughs) I know it's been a couple of years. 100%. 100%. Right? And he was is there, suppo- some, kind of, is there some kind of like uh, fighter's helper to kind of get them feeling younger and more defined no, again? Know. Is there something like that? That would that, be or is it... great. That would okay. be great. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> TRT. Suppo- you know, oh, I there, felt oh, yes. a little better about this whole thing when I knew it was going to happen in California. I think Andy Foster is the gold standard as far as commissioners and commissions are concerned. Felt a little better. Not tremendously good, but a little better. Yeah. Now it's in Florida. I know. The Wild West. Come here. And Florida's really <laughs> benefited from the pandemic in many different ways yeah. like just like bring your freak shows to us it's so bring your events right. to us Jeez, louise dude and now, you know pt pt put up was it what was a, the guardian that article you posted uh basically detailing madison square garden the new york um banning or barring uh evander from competing there again and kind of setting this precedent and where did he go for the next four fights he went down to Texas, which back in the day uh, obviously was kind of in the same situation as like what Florida is doing. It's just, it's funny how they can like differ that much on how on what they what they deem to be okay, you know. And that's twenty but, years ago, Chuck. Yeah, that 20 was twenty years, years ago. ago this yep. happened. Yeah, yeah. God bless. How do you Florida. think Anderson feels about it? Because that's what I was thinking. Okay, because so- I think there was a certain amount of honor Anderson had in that uh, fight against Chavez. It was a bit. It's a great happy story. You could even see when the Don, the Donald was dropping his line about, oh, they set him up to say, oh, well, I'd love to fight Joe Biden or whatever. You could see Anderson going like, I can't believe this is happening. How do you think he feels about this? The fact that Evander's been dragged in here last, you know, short notice. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. 
Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is a great segue because I was just about to say that in his final act, whatever you want to call this, I love the Anderson Silva that we're getting. He is honest. This is the Anderson that we always wanted. The problem was he didn't speak English. It was hard to connect. It was even when he tried to speak English, he gave us nothing. He would say he'd want to fight his clone. This Anderson is genuine. (laughs) He's honest. He's not pulling punches. And I couldn't agree with you more, PT. Watching him up there, it's like, wow, this guy feels like a noble martial artist, and the rest of it is just a big freak show. Now, what's ironic about that is he did test positive for PDs twice. There's nothing noble about that. For some reason, his legacy doesn't feel as stained as others when it comes to that. But that's, to me, the saddest slash most interesting part of this card. It's interesting because I like to see him box. That was so much fun watching him fight Chavez. It was one of the most fun fights I've seen this year. And it's sad because it feels like he's above this. And it also feels like the perfect next step after fighting Chavez was to fight another boxer around his age. Not Tito Ortiz, who has... Like, this feels like such a miss on their part. Even bumping him up to fight Belfort with the backstory there made more sense than him fighting Tito on the co-main. Like, they even dropped the ball on this one. They couldn't have found another 39, 40-year-old boxer to have the 46-year-old Anderson Silva go up against because he looked great against Chavez. Now, Chavez shelved his former self and never really quite lived up to his potential. But to me, that's the biggest miss of this whole thing. You got Anderson, who's hot, who's respected, and you put him in this bizarro fight against Tito that no one asked for. (laughs) Well said, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, and Tito is just being Tito through this whole thing as well. And um, Tito sort of... So you were mentioning all this, and I feel like the, 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 the reason it feels a little weird too for me with Anderson Silva jumping into a fight like this is that he feels above it in the way that some of these guys are kind of glomming on or moochers in terms of like where they can find a big paycheck and still kind of write it out. Like, you know, when you're talking to Ben Askren, who I think happily knew going in, hey, I might get embarrassed, but I'm going to I'm going to cash out more right now than I did at any one point in my career, you know, and you could only, you could understand that trade off to an extent. But with Anderson, it's almost like he's 
his legacy has, and I know, like you mentioned, there's some tainted, um, down the stretch, there were some moments uh, with the PEDs and everything else that kind of uh, got into that. But I think a lot of people want to to go back to that 16-0 Anderson Silva, the guy who had the entourage, who would uh, bring these arenas to life. It just straight up electricity, wondering if he could get by every new challenge. I love to romanticize the guy. I love to hold him up here. And it feels a little weird that he is ending up uh, in this in this particular fight. I think you're right. It would have made a lot more sense, especially given the history and and the kind of impact that that Vitor Belfort knockout that he had with that front kick, um, with, with Anderson Silva's front kick to Vitor. To play that back would have been smart for backstory. It just it holds a common theme for fight fans who want to band around something like that. It would have been smarter play. Um, right now, it just feels like just a bunch of elements they threw in there. Name brands, let's exploit this guy, throw this guy in, let's polarize with this guy. That's how it feels. So it, I, I do feel like they missed on that. I thought that was what was going to happen. Like I thought it was going to end up being Anderson v. Be- uh, v. Vitor because I thought Tito was going to come in yeah. too heavy. I didn't think he'd get even near 200. So fair play to him for even making 200 yes. pounds, to be honest. Uh, he looked terrible on the scale, so let's be honest. But... Um, I just don't think that's a fight. Like after seeing what Anderson did, um, going back to boxing, I don't think Tito really lays a glove on him. So I felt maybe yeah. Vander was a name they were throwing out. It, it, you know, throwing out there, and then at the end of the day, we get Vitor v Anderson. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Um, so he missed weight by five pounds, one ninety five uh, pound fight. But uh, Mike Heck reporting of MMA Fighting that the fight will continue. He's going to get. He actually did an interview. I think it was with Kern Batia where he uh, spoke about like every pound equals 10%. Like, I don't know if he's going to lose, Whoa. you know, 50%, but he was talking about how like he cannot miss Whoa. 195 and he came in at 200, uh, which now, is five because pounds. Because Anderson above. came in at 192, does he add to his price because he came in under? Get more good, purse that's there. That's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, no, I mean, but like, who, why would, why would Tito at his age, Agree to a fight at two hundred pounds, uh, one ninety five. Like the guy was a two hundred five er yeah. in his prime. Why would he agree to a fight at two hundred? So that you was know, a big. He said miss. he lost a lot of respect though for Anderson for making him do that. In the, in the, oh, I don't yeah. know. Guys, hang on a second. You, you guys aren't suggesting that fighters don't get paid well, are you? Because I don't want to have no. that conversation with scumbags like you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scumbags. So scumbags keeping you know, that conversation that's actually, alive. I know, you're, I know you're joking, but it's actually a really great point, and that's why I'm conflicted about the trillers of the world because I know. As the kids like to say, Anderson is getting the bag, right? He's getting yes, a bag. Yeah, Tito's yeah. getting paid. I love how you always paid. have to. You know exactly and what the kids say. That's for he's sure. He's so hip, man. Uh, you know, he makes me feel you're not old. He's also waving a pencil a lot these days. I haven't seen that on these Zoom calls, but uh, I want to yeah, start seeing the pencil. It. That's when we know he's serious with us. Yeah, it's somewhere. It's somewhere here. <laughs> um, well, we're not doing videos. It's audio only right, for these purposes. Yeah. For now, the, I've been we'll pushing for the video. All right. But the point is, like, I want these promotions to exist. I want fighters to get paid. I was thrilled when Teofimo Lopez got that $6 million purse or whatever it was after the uh, Lomachenko win. And it would you know, make top rank pay him more. This is all good for business. This is why I think none of us root for fighters, but I think we all root for competition because yeah. I think we all want the fighters to make as much money as possible in a short amount of time. So it's great that Anderson's able to get this kind of a payday at 46. Sure. The problem is they freaking ruin it when they A, 
book people like Donald Trump and other musical acts to show up, and B, book guys like Evander Holyfield to fight, and C, make these Fakakta matchups against, you know, Tito Ortiz that no one asks for. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, God, you guys have money and you're just blowing it like everyone else in the past has blown it. So I have this, this, this like, I don't know. I have this this mixed feeling inside of me where it's like, yeah, great, Triller, pay everyone yeah. a gazillion dollars. I'm happy Ben Askren got the biggest payday of his year, but like, it's you guys aren't going to be around in truly, a year. Truly, truly reminiscent in that way of affliction, right? Yes. Those, and the affliction one, they're giving Tim Sylvia close to a million bucks. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you're like, Tim Sylvia is never getting that kind of payday otherwise you know what i mean like of course he's going to take that fight and then you know we had the megadeth concert and all this stuff that was going on in between by the way we you were at affliction right ariel you i was at, at affliction yeah yeah because yeah. i was at that too and this was when it occurred to me because back in those days you know i think that there was still this feeling of uh, rock and roll was uh still a very intense thing to behold live and it was still kind of carried the adrenaline and all the you know whatever watching those fights i realized that MMA had passed rock and roll in terms of rock and roll because if you recall, like it was like those those little in interludes of Megadeth would play in between, and it was like drown out. Nobody, it's like almost nobody cared that the fighting no was where that was at. So I feel like especially that was a huge miss. I don't know what they've got. Do they have musical acts lined up for this uh, for this Triller event tomorrow night? Yes, there are musical acts. Okay, um, I will pull I them up here. They definitely have uh, some musical acts. Nah, I can't find it. It's impossible. The point is, they're overspending for these acts that no one is buying a pay-per-view for. No one is. Like, absolutely no one. No one is actually buying a boxing pay-per-view to see any of these people perform. And uh, I can assure you, David Hay isn't coming in cheap. And no one even knew that he was fighting on the card until like two days ago. Anderson Silva isn't cheap. Tito Ortiz isn't cheap. Evander Holyfield isn't cheap. Um, it's certainly not cheap to have Vitor Belfort, who is making in the seven figures in in one championship. So they're spending a lot of money, and you want to see them uh, stick around. But in the end, it's hard to stick around if you're overspending and wasting all this money on stuff that doesn't actually draw pay-per-views. Yes, thank you for uh, the info, Matt uh, Peevler, who tells us in the chat. And thank you to everyone in the chat. I appreciate all of you who are listening to this live. Um, Matt writes... Triller's an app, a TikTok competitor that's largest apparent source of funding comes from private investors. Very murky how they can continue to fund these endeavors. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know anyone who actually uses Triller. Um, <laughs> but yes, I do know that it is an app and uh, apparently they are some kind of competitor to TikTok. Uh, TST lets us know that Snoop Dogg and Marvin Gaye are performing at the Snoopy event. Again, huh? Mar Marvin Gaye's dead. What are you talking about? <laughs> holograms, baby. Now, now, holograms. See, Get with the times. I will, holograms. See, now, I would give the kudos to Triller for getting Marvin Gaye on this on this show. That would be I horrible. actually... The one website I saw. Marvin Wait, TST. TST. <laughs> did you know or did you not oh, know that Marvin Gaye died? Did you hear I think through in like, the grapevine? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Marvin Gaye? <laughs> I have heard of Marvin Gaye. I get it. Let's get it on. Vandross. Marvin Gaye died in 1984. <laughs> Dude, he was like the he was sung the national anthem at the 1983 All-Star Game. Snoop Dogg and Marvin Gaye, along with Anita and Lune, are performing. Lune, okay. These are all like artists that are going to be commanding huge paydays. First of all, did you like? Of course. 
Marvin Gaye's dad killed him, which is very strange on another yes. tip. If, also, yeah. by the way, Luther Vandross died in 2005. So, like, this is a great excuse. Luther's what? Does he have that song, Dance with My Daughter on Our me. Wedding or whatever the hell it is? He has that I, song, right? I, I don't know, man, but that is unbelievable. That I mean, how do you not know that Marvin Gaye has been dead for almost 40 years? <laughs> I, can't, I hope he plays Inner City Blues. I don't care. Yeah. Once he plays the tunes, yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and by the sing. way, even if they did have Marvin Gaye again, like it would, you know, if Marvin Gaye just so happened to be alive, I don't know if anyone's buying the pay per view for Marvin Gaye. I mean, maybe if he's making a comeback or <laughs> I something. I would purchase but, it to see Marvin Gaye. Sorry, got a call. It's a weird thing when you get a call in the middle of uh, these. It wasn't this time, Ariel. Come on, this is uh, exciting. It was, it was Dom, Dom Cruise again. It's old Dom. No, it, it was no one. Uh, it was no one of note. I think it was like my kid's school or something. Do you know who it was? It was okay. Darren Taylor, and he just doesn't answer the phone anymore because he lost. Oh, he just shit. like cancel. <laughs> I actually I sent Darren a text and it like didn't go through. Just checking in yeah. on him. So that means like he sh- he shut off his phone. Unfortunately, he oh, blocked man. you, mate. He just blocked you. Give him some time. Mad me. shit. Time time oh, heals yeah. wounds. You know you know here's something to yeah, think but, about. Did you do you guys remember the parachute, the parachute man who landed in boxing ring? Oh, of see? course, yeah. R- so, was that Riddick Bow? Riddick Bow and uh, Evander Holyfield, right? Like it was part. Yeah. It was the second fight of that. I remember that very specifically. You know, Were you watching, there? No, 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 no. I was just. I was watching it though, and I was thinking about this, and I had to look up the date because that was the rematch, and it was a big deal. Um, and it went down. I think it was at Caesar's Palace. This whole thing that was on November sixth, nineteen ninety three, six days before UFC one, and Evander Holyfield wow. was thirty one years old at that time. Jeez. Like, think about that. Just put this into context of this guy fighting at this point of his career or this point of his life. It's just uh, that's just a crazy thing, man. I saw a lot of people straight after the weigh-in coming in and they were like, oh, what are you talking about? He's in great shape. But I was like, did you guys not remember Chuck Liddell? How he looked before he fought Tito? Like he was in good nick before that fight. That that is a great example because I think there was this you know let's squint or let's watch through our fingers moment with Chuck Liddell in that trilogy fight that they threw together involving Oscar De La Hoya right wasn't that his promotion um and the sad kind of like bracing that you have of what how this might end is exactly how it ended and then so you know you're you're looking at the situation where you're left with just this very sad feeling, and I, I, in the fight game, man, it's uh, you know, you gotta you gotta rationalize a lot. These guys are the top athletes, everything. You've got to see it and, and build up your immunities and uh, and become a certain kind of fan to really watch it. But when they get to stages of their career where they're just not able to defend themselves, and you know they're elderly, let's face it, at some in some of these situations, or they've taken so many punches that clearly they're a different person from the beginning uh from when they started uh less coherent all those things you see all the telltale signs you don't want to see that person get crushed you know um so i feel like that that chuck liddell thing is actually one of the closer feelings going into a fight that i've had um to this one here also did you see him hitting mitts I yes, mean, I did. Lads, he had to it erase a video it's last similar. year. He had to actually erase a video last year of him putting up when he was trying to get the Tyson fight hype going. He put up a video of himself hitting pads and he actually had to take it down off the internet. He got that much abuse over it. Did you see the video that MMA Fighting posted? Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, he look, uh, again, he's Evander Holyfield. He's a legend. He hits mitts better than all of us do, but he's 58 mm. and he's been punched a lot. He, you know, the speech is a little bit off. The movements oh, are a yeah. little bit off. 
what about DC? My old friend Daniel Cormier oh, tweeting I saw to this. me last night saying, I Ariel, this. I don't care how bad he looks on the mitts <laughs> or how old he bring is. This up. I can't see a world where this dude, Holyfield, loses a straight boxing match to Vitor. You're tripping, Helwani. What the heck? He's got yeah. this. He has to be trolling me here, right? I he's mean, out, no he's, he's, he's out, he's, out he's, healing Helwani right now. He 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 is a ma- like as we all wish these guys could go on forever, right? Like Evander Holyfield is a fabulous boxer, unbelievable at the height of his power. And I'm sure Cormier was watching those fights and looking up to the guy on his ascent, and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to even fathom a world where Evander looks like you know old, basically in there. So I mean, I think that's probably speaking with his heart rather than his head, you know. Jeez, I mean, come on! Any fighter watching that knows this guy has no business being in there, and that's why. I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. I, I kind of actually am hoping that the main event is a work. Because yeah. if Vitor goes in there full force and tries to blast this man, I don't care if he's a four. By the way, Vitor has a bit of a boxing uh, background as well. Also, for those that don't know, Holyfield was actually helping Vitor a little bit in preparation for the Delahoy fight. I feel like if they have some sort of agreement like, hey, man, let's just go out there. We'll put on a show. We'll go through the motions. I'll help you out. You help me out. Let's get our bag and go home. Actually, in a weird way, makes me feel a lot more comfortable than the idea of Vitor going in there to blast this guy's head off. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it, a weird because it's happening so fast after the show you worked, the Showtime show with uh, with Paul and Woodley, it seemed like you watched something like this where the, the true circus value is on display and suddenly a Paul fight seems like a completely legitimate enterprise, even though he was on the last thriller. But I mean, it's just, it's funny how by degrees, these things are very different when you're doing these crossover or these kind of cameo uh, situations where guys are trying to box this one. I mean, it just has a whole different feel to it. Right. Right. Well, I actually wanted to ask you this, another perfect segue. This is a part of the whole, you know, new era of fighting that we're, uh, that we're experiencing led by Jake Paul, but there's also the YouTubers and the TikTokers and the athletes and all this stuff. And so at this point, there's obviously something going on and there's, there's, there's intrigue when the fights make sense. I'm just curious, PT, like, do you, and, and I know this might sound crazy to some, but like, has Jake Paul actually graduated from this scene? Like, is he now too respected to be a part of Triller? Do you view him in a different bucket, a different silo than these type of thriller fight cards? Or do you kind of group all these people in the same way because they are all kind of born at the same time? No, I think I think Chuck hit the nail on the head. It's actually, he feels more legitimate than, than what's happening here. But I don't think this happens here without this phenomenon of, of YouTube boxing and Tyson, yeah. uh, Roy Jones, things like this. It's It's... You know, he's birthed this situation, I suppose, because Triller would have never been involved in this kind of industry unless it was for for Jake Paul and those guys. But this is everything we didn't want this to be. If you think about everybody getting so um, worked up about Nate Robinson, a guy who'd never boxed before, boxing Jake Paul and then suffering an absolutely horrific KO, right? And nobody's really heard much from Nate since then. We're We're actually now, Triller are promoting a fight with a guy that's been told do not box. Mm. Do not box again by a couple of commissions. You know, like this feels like it's an extra element of like danger. Two decades I know ago. that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two decades ago. But like as dangerous as Nate Robinson seemed, this seems so much worse because this guy has already yeah. been told, you know, please don't do this again. 
Hey, thank you to everyone who's been in the chat. Let's give some love to the chat. Okay. Um, oh, we got our friend Jack Zampillo in the house. Thank you very much, Jack. Chris in the house. Uh, BKFC is on tonight. Uh, this is from Matthew McGee. I have no interest. I, I don't want to be a hater. Again, get these guys paid. BKFC does nothing yeah. for me. Chuck, do you have any interest in BKFC <laughs> at the moment? You know, I was intrigued originally, um, not sure how, uh, not sure how it would work. And I went to, I actually went to one of the events in Florida, and it has not done anything for me at all. You went yeah. to one of the events. Which I one? did early when I started at the Athletic. Um, I went to which one was it? Now, it was God. They Beck kind Rawlings, of was it? Was it Beck Rawlings for you? She might have been on. No, I don't think so. What was the main event? Was uh oh, it was your boy, the goat. Um, it was okay. uh Ar Artem, yeah, Artem. Oh, Lobov against Polly. Exactly, that's the one oh. I went to. Which oh kind of had a. Uh, if you're looking for a crossover appeal, I felt that that one actually had a viable crossover appeal. And then the added with the addition of the bare knuckle thing, it had something to it. It wasn't as bad as some of these, but uh, on whole, I no, it hasn't done it for me. It just doesn't make sense. I'm not a big fan of the bare knuckle stuff. Uh, and look, it actually, when I watched Artem's last fight um, with a Russian promotion, I think it was Mahacha or something they were called, he, he fought an Olympic, Olympic silver medalist in a bare knuckle fight. And, yeah. you know, I've covered Artem's fight, Artem's fight career since he's a very young man, very early pro, all the way through all that stuff. And to to see him going out like that, you know, left left a bad bad feeling in my stomach and cut up, obviously, the superficial damage in, in BKFC is, is is quite drastic, as we saw with the poly. As we saw with Artem and um, Knight when they fought. So, mm. yeah, I, I definitely I haven't warmed to it. I was willing to give it a chance because the payday seems so good. I mean, I can remember sure. Artem raves about the payday he made again, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. for fighting Pauly. And it was it was one of the biggest wins of Artem's career also. The, the win over Pauly that night is a huge part of his yep. legacy, I guess, because it felt like a sequel to, to McGregor and, you know, McGregor and Mayweather because it was all that mess around then. But, yeah, it, it just hasn't, it hasn't got the footing yeah. that I think they hoped they would get. And there was always that, remember your man Feldman coming out halfway through a fight? We're not going to pay these guys or whatever he yeah, said. Come on, yeah, mate. Yeah. Get the right. boat. Wow. What are you that talking about, bud? All right. So, you know, there is no UFC. They, they picked a good weekend. It's always rare <laughs> when you don't get a UFC on a Saturday night. And so, the, you know, kudos to them. They picked a good weekend. It's Vitor Belfort yeah. versus Evander Holyfield. Again, they weighed in earlier today. Um, Vitor weighed in at 206.2, Vander Holyfield 225.4, Anderson Silva 192.6, and Tito Ortiz 200. So, over by five pounds, David Hay also on the card against Joe Fournier, who's some sort of businessman, right? Elite businessman, yeah, a very bizarre, uh. <laughs> So yeah. we're thinking, right? No, but but what you're saying here, Ariel, Fournier and Hay are mates. Evander yeah. Holyfield and Vitor are mates. Are we watching two? Um, is this pro wrestling? No, you know what I mean. No. Like, uh, we're about to find out. Yeah. Now they I, am going, I, wait, I wish somebody would tip me off. Say. Sorry, I'm. Now who is going <laughs> to uh, volunteer to listen? So huh. we're going to be back tomorrow night for the post fight show immediately after the the main event. Hey, shout out to the guys over at Fight TV. Uh, they do a great job, and uh, I think they're very kind to the media, uh, and they hook us up yeah. with ways to watch these events. So uh, shout out to them. If you want to order the pay-per-view, that's where you should order it. Don't illegally stream it. Don't steal from the, the companies. These people are trying to survive, so try to support them if you can. Um, but I just want to know which of the four of us is going to vote. I think it might be TST, 
Yeah, uh, I but I, I don't so. know. Like, who's going to volunteer to listen to the Trump stream? Uh, oh, I'll, I'll listen to the Trump stream. I mean, that's <laughs> okay. yeah, that's the, that's the, the bigger, Like, do. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the guy, but I, I have a feeling that it could be uh, more interesting than some of the fights. I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm not Fair sure. Enough. I'm not sure I could survive. You know, four hours of that. So, uh, Pizzi, it's all Break you. out the red hat, Pete, uh, yeah. uh, TST. Break out the red hat, baby. You cast me as this character. First of all, I'm not even watching the fights. I'm not giving up my Saturday nights to this garbage. I am going out on the town, having myself a And then what? And then, and then you're going to... You're going to... Wow. You won't even watch the fights. What kind of what what kind of a message? You and Jim Lampley aren't watching the fights. I know you have no idea who Jim Lampley is, but he is a legendary boxing announcer. Who's supposed to be on here? Who's supposed to be on? And, yeah. and once they announced Trump, said, "I'm out of here. I'm not working this card." What a guy! What a legend! <laughs> Did you love it? <laughs> Trump was the uh, Trump was the the thing that pushed it yeah. over. All right, same he for was, me. Pizza, you wanted to say something there? <laughs> yeah, I lost it. It came into my head and went down okay. just as quickly. Like most Michael of Buffer. Forget Michael Buffer is there. Um, and hey, shout out to them. They 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 moved this card. I mean, not since John Jones and Alexander Gustin too have we seen a card just pick up and go from one state to another this seamlessly. God. Um, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I have my point back. Uh, just wanted to give you guys a little quote uh, from Donald Trump Jr. at the press conference yesterday because I thought this was very amusing. He said, um, I think Donald Trump is always good for some sound bites, but now this is his world. Is that not implying that being the president of the United States was was absolutely not his world for as long as he was doing it. I mean, well, and I also yeah. think I also think that I put out a tweet today about this event, about Evander, uh, you know, the fact that he was barred in 2004 by the New York State Athletic Commission. But the fact that I mentioned Trump and Trump is in the picture mm-hmm. on the poster, I feel like it's politicized it to the point where even though I'm actually criticizing the fact that Evander Holyfield's fighting on it, people were like coming at me like, that I'm attacking their King Trump. So I think it's added. Oh, you get hate for that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit like, so uh, I, I, fe- well, I, saw, I felt like yeah. people were supporting, you know, let the man fight for God's sake. We such a snowflake, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah, uh, there it is. Cuck. There, yeah. Yeah. There I've been, I've been cuck Mendenhall quite snowflake. a few times. Cuck Mendenhall. <laughs> Uh, all you gotta do is make a make mention of that that uh (laughs) that that name you said that wonderful man yeah triller fight club legends 2 tomorrow night beginning at 7 p.m eastern on the fight tv fight.tv streaming app holyfield belfort silva ortiz ringer mma show this is the pre-fight show thanks to everyone for tuning in we'll be back post-fight we'll take some calls on the post-fight get your reaction to it all listen to the trump stream pt uh-huh. and take a lot of yeah, notes for do. us please i'll listen to the other one chuck you can do whatever you want I'm on mute uh, no i'll watch i'll watch the one you're watching <laughs> uh, i might you know what if i'm being you know what i want to be honest i'll probably go back and forth i'll probably yeah. you know i might even have two yeah. computers it's morbid, running it's morbid curiosity yeah, right? you got it you got to see curious. I can't wait. It's gonna. If be anything great. hot is bumping off in the in the the Trump chat, yes. I'll just message <laughs> the group so you guys can jump in, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, Chuck, any final words before we say goodbye? Ah, uh, yeah. See, <laughs> I'm gonna have to start preparing now. I hope we don't see a uh, a casualty in a in a serious way tomorrow night. How about that? Well, well put, well put, Chuck. Uh, TST, thank you as always for your work behind the scenes. PT, Chuck, have a lovely Friday. I'm off. To SmackDown at Madison Square oh, yeah. Garden. So look out for me in the front row 
I'll be waving nice. and maybe dropping a promo on one of those jibrones, you know, Hilwani running yeah, wild yeah. all over the whole industry. Uh, and then we'll all talk on Saturday. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Friday. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>